Greetings everyone, this is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics and I'm super excited today because I have Roy Hawk on the line here. How you doing, Roy? Good, good, doing great, man. Good, little, man. Um, uh, little on the water sesh here. Dude, it's awesome background. It's beautiful scenery in the background. I was, we were talking a little bit before and I was jealous because I'm stuck in this like box over here in the office <laughs> and you got that nice beautiful background with uh, your dog in the background too. Yeah, that's old Max. He's a good dog. He likes to go. He's wondering. Cool. He's wondering why we're just sitting still, you know, not fishing. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's looking at you like, what? Do, what do we do now? But, um, Roy, I have your background here. Let me just rattle off the list of achievements you have. I mean, we're talking Major League Fishing Pro, two-time Juan Bass U.S. Open winner from 2015 and 2021, past Angler of the Year for Juan Bass Pro Am, MLB MLF Toyota Series, Bassmaster Open. And a bunch of other stuff to the list there. I gotta ask you, it, like, how did you get your start in professional bass fishing, and what really helped you climb the ranks? You know, I, I started out the rough way. You know, when I was in high school, I had my first son. Uh, ended up actually dropping out of high school about halfway through my senior year, and uh, got a full time job. And always had this dream of fishing. You know, and it really it took me a long time to get things straight and get things built up. It took me a long, I used to, back in the day, I would borrow boats from people and fish tournaments and be the pro in their bar, in their boat borrowed. And they would go as a co-angler and until I finally wound, won my own boat. And after that, I was able to at least fish out of my own boat as a pro. But I mean, that took a long time. That was like, I think I got my first boat in 2002. I won a big fish boat at the U.S. Open. So, but in 2003, that was my first. And you won it? Yeah, I won. I won a smaller one, sold it, and used the money to buy a bigger one. Yeah, and it Beautiful. really was just that's really, awesome. Really slow progression, you know. A lot of guys, you know, like now we, they go to the the high school tournaments, college tournaments, and it's a solid progression. And if you stay uh, focused, you know, you can you can run a nice streamlined program right to the pro ranks. Uh, but yeah, I did it kind of the hard way, but I, I don't regret it at all. And, uh, you know, life's been good. So glad to be here now. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like to win your, to win a bass boat, sell it and then buy your first bass boat. It's probably a pretty cool story. Cause you're basically funding like, okay, cool. I made enough money to then get the tools I need to go professional or fish those tournaments that I wouldn't normally be able to fish. Right. So that's pretty took, cool. Yeah, um, from 2002 i won my first boat and then 2007 august 2007 is when i quit my last like regular job and then just fished professionally so along the way who were a couple of mentors that really like kind of showed you the ropes and taught you some different techniques maybe you weren't sure of it just kind of helped you along I think uh, more just life skills. Um, you know, I have a good friend, Mark White, who's actually been one of my team partners uh, for about 30 years. Uh, you know, we've been fishing together, still fish together. We just fished a tournament last weekend together. So, uh, you know, just having him, he's kind of like a brother, a father, and a son all wrapped up in one. You know, he's, uh, he's helped me out a ton. And, uh, you know, probably more just life skill type of things, more than fishing related. You know, I always uh, ask people and, and talk to people and share information with people, uh, you know, about fishing and techniques and, and whatnot. And I get a little bit from each of them. But in a lot of ways, I was self-taught fishing-wise. Not that I did it all myself, but just I would 
I was always studying more than everyone else was. You know what I mean? The people that I was around, I was always the one staying up later at night, staying out longer on the water. You know what I mean? So there wasn't, you'd always get something from somebody and I was very alert to pay attention, you know, when somebody was bringing up something cool or had something, you know, happen on the water that they wanted to share with and, you know, things like that. But overall, I was the one, it was just me, you know, and a desire more than anything uh, as far as just there's so many different ways you can, you know, find knowledge out in the world right now. And even back in the day, you know, I was going through every Bassmaster magazine, every one bass, every we had a Western Bass magazine. And I, I mean, I would go from page to page to page and, and go through everything, you know, where other friends and stuff. I mean, they'd look at it and find an article they like and then they'd never read the rest of it. You know what I mean? So I just had a, a strong desire to learn more. Uh, constantly and and still to this day really uh, my whole life's just kind of enthralled in fishing the biggest takeaway there is just put the time in put the effort in time out on the water time reading about what you should do out in the water with different circumstances or different techniques and basically you just did it i love to hear that um, yeah and just just maintaining that that burning desire to learn you know and to get better i think is huge um some guys put in a lot of time but they really don't have that that heart in it you know what i mean like they know they got to stay out on the water mm -hmm. the long when they're out there they're just kind of dinking around you know what i mean <laughs> especially towards the end of the day they're not super I, but i definitely feel that and i've definitely felt i've i've been guilty of that too when you've been out on the water you've been grinding all day and the last two hours sitting you're like i kind of just want to just you know chill out and not really fish too much my back's kind of sore a little bit you know i just want to take it easy for the next couple of hours and you end up missing that like bite, but I totally yeah. feel that. And you, won, I'm not... you won the Angler of the Year. Um, yes, sir. I just want to bring up the Angler of the Year award that you won at the One Bass Pro Am, and winning uh -huh. that. How did that change your your experience? How did that? What was your biggest takeaway, basically, from winning that? I don't, you know, that was uh, I don't remember the exact year for the One Bass AOI, uh, but it was early on. Um, it was probably like 2003 or four or something like that. And so it really, you know, I'd won one, one bass pro-am in 2003, right after I got my, my first boat, I won another boat and won a, won a tournament. And it was actually right here at Havasu before I ever lived here. But, uh, so that kind of helped, you know, like, all right, you know, maybe I can do this thing, you know, and then we went in like a, an angler of the year title kind of helps you solidify that you're you you have some legitimacy to you. It wasn't just a one hit wonder type of thing, and that you can you can rumble with these guys out here. You know, at least that one that's a West Coast series, so you know that kind of got me going, kind of helped me, you know, get some confidence that I could tackle the Western United States at least. I love it. And confidence is key, especially when you're bass fishing. And maybe some days they're not button, maybe some days there are button. But as long as you stay confident and you stay on course, I mean, you'll find them, right? Yes, sir. That's yep. It. So let's let's talk about a beautiful scenery in your background and the lake you're currently at. What was the lake's name again? This is uh, Lake Havasu was... in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. It's uh, it's nice. on the and that is your that is your home lake, right? Correct. Yep. I live about uh, I don't know five minutes from the launch ramp. So beautiful. And what is the biggest takeaway there? Because I'm a northeastern guy, and we get the four seasons up here. And there's been, you know, all through the year, the bass move all around, whether it's deep weather, whether they're pushed up shallow. 
um, different times of the year. But for there, what does the techniques like change from season to season? We we basically get all four seasons here, except for we don't get snow and we don't get ice. So other than that, we get kind of all four seasons. Obviously, the winter season's only about a month, month and a half long. Um, so it's a shortened winter season. Um, we have a really long spring. Like the spring will be basically, there'll be a hard pre-spawn about the end of January. And the spawning goes anywhere from, I've seen them on beds uh, the end of January before. It's pretty rare, but usually in February and real strong in March. And we'll have spawning fish all the way until June. So we have a huge, long spawning season. Um, we have cold water discharge that comes out of Lake Mojave, the lake above here. And so that's always got cool water coming in. So that extends our spawning period uh, further into the calendar year. Um, wow. But yeah, and then, and of course, summer here is pretty intense. It gets to, you know, we'll have a lot of days well over 100 degrees. And that can be anywhere from May till uh, September, even October. So what you what normal people would consider super summer. <laughs> Oh my but, gosh! Yeah, make sure you wear your sunblock out there, dude. Uh, Technique-wise, I mean, if you have a if you have a jig and a crankbait here on this lake, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff and and throughout the whole season. Um, usually, as it gets later and later into the fall, I'll fish more and more reaction baits, crankbait, jerkbait, rattle trap, um, chatter baits, that type of stuff. And then I'll push that as far as I can through the winter. Sometimes you got to slow down and fish a jig really, really slow on key little spots where you know they, they're at, maybe even a drop shot or a hair jig. Um, and then as the spring gets going, you'll go back and forth between a real slow presentation and a hard reaction, and slow, you know, back and forth and uh, until it gets to the spawn and then come spawn, you know, it's all sight fishing and swim baits and the flipping Sankos and all that type of stuff. And then as the summer rolls around, Usually I'll transition, start pushing the top water right after post-spawn a little bit, um, stay with the reaction baits to some degree, um, stay with a little bit of sight fishing to get some of those later spawning fish, and then really start flipping. And all through the summer, I'll frog and flip. Um, and then right in the middle part of the summer, I'll start deep cranking again, offshores type stuff. And then it all slips back around. But that's kind that's of... A I, that, was, that was beautiful how you just laid that out through the entire seasons. I mean, that, that short clip there literally tells you everything you need to know about Arizona fishing. And yeah. I love how you laid everything out there. What it, for, for topwater, when the, when the fish are hitting topwater, what's your go-to bait on that lake? I would say one of my favorites, and just, just if you only had one, it'd probably be a shower blows. A shower. Shower blows made by Evergreen, and uh, it's one that casts really good, which is important. Um, and then you can fish it fast or slow. You can make it make a bunch of noise, or you can actually be able to make it quiet as well. So you can do a variety of things with that one bait. Nice. Like a Sammy, a Sammy's a real nice good one, but you, have to fish it. you can't really fish it slow. And a Spook, you can fish, but only slow, slow to medium. You know, it doesn't. It's not really good. At, you know, really fast. So. Right. So you like the versatility of that bait, then? Absolutely. Yeah. What, what was that bait again? Just one more time for our listeners. Uh, evergreen shower blows nice cool now we'll definitely have a link of that in the description if you guys want to go check that out but you can but... you know there's a whole variety i mean it just regular our spook works really good at times uh buzz bait works really good at times of course a frog this uh yeah. this lake's really famous for frog fishing so nice you God, can i see love a nice frog bite all the reeds back in the background there 
they really stack up in in those around the spawn and a lot of them just hang over into the summer and the water our lake level will be completely full then and there'll be a ton of fish way back up in that cover nice cool just flipping a frog all the way back there and just dragging <laughs> it through those reeds i could only imagine the blow-ups that you get out there <laughs> yeah it's fun we actually have a, a spro frog tournament comes here every year where you can only use spro frogs and uh man it's a riot oh, man, that's time. probably that's probably a great time it is and it's a lot of fun and uh, we end up, you know, you end up uh, going out and practicing. Everybody beats up all the shallow fish, and we end up catching them like offshore on a frog. You know, a lot of times, <laughs> just because the the banks get so beat up from all these kind of strong frogs, you know. But it's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> it's good stuff there. So let's let's change it up a little bit. Um, I know normally we like to talk a lot about fishing on this podcast, but what I understand is that you're huge in the barbecue. And, yeah, uh, cooking your own barbecue and doing that kind of stuff. And, yeah, um, eat, recently uh, you've been lean. doing the carnivore diet, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, I eat about oh ninety eight percent just straight meat. So you got to be good at barbecue. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna eat that much, what, what's your what's your favorite cut? What's your favorite? Like, is it ribs? Is it steak? What's your go to? I, you know, I like them all, uh, but man, I, you could live on straight ribeyes for sure. The uh, the fat to protein oh, yeah. is just about perfect with a ribeye. And they are, oh, yeah. oh, one just blew up right over yeah. here. One just blew up right there. <laughs> you, th- you think you can catch a fish on live podcast? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot or nothing. But nah, I'm just kidding. You're all good. We'll, uh, we'll wrap this up shortly so you can get back to fishing too. I don't want to take too much of your time here, but I'm just enjoying the day. Absolutely. And um, so, real quick, just a few questions I'd like to ask everyone on the podcast. What's your What's your PB bass? My single biggest bass that I ever got verifiably weighed is a 12 and a half that I caught in a uh, MLF Toyota series back in the day. It was actually called like the Stren series or something back then. I think it was ever start. It changes the name throughout the years, but uh, it was a 12 and a half, and I caught that at Clear Lake, and I was in eighth place the, going into the last day, and with that fish, plus a nine and a seven and so forth, I had like 33 pounds and won the tournament. So I actually oh, caught it in. My oh my two gosh, biggest, what a day. My two biggest verifiable bass that I've caught have both been in tournaments. So. Thank goodness. Cool. <laughs> I caught one that was... Uh, <laughs> rumored to be a lot bigger than that but it, it was never verifiably weighed so we won't even get, talk about it <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah cool and then um what's your what about your bucket list fish is there any fish that's still on your bucket list that you want to catch i think uh the winning fish to win red crest that's a bucket list fish for sure I, that would be a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like like me, for me, it's all about tournaments and, uh, you know, always striving to do better. And, uh, you know, everyone asks, like, what's your favorite lake? And I'm always like, every time it's like wherever the next tournament is, because that's what's in my mind. That becomes my favorite. That's what I'm focused on. That's all I want to know is information about that next lake. And all I want in my brain is to think all the positive things about that next lake I'm going to. And the same thing, like, you know, what would be your, you know, 
like to myself in my heart, my personal best fish, and that's what it would be. Like the winning fish for to win red crest, you know, the world championship of bass fishing. For sure. I like it. So you are <laughs> you are locked in on tournament fishing. Uh, yeah, I mean it's the only way I can feed my family and live and you know, it'd be like the same as, you know, back in the day when the Indian killed a you know, buffalo or something, you know what I mean? They're like, all right, we all get, I mean, it's a party because we get to survive, live another day. Oh, yeah. That's the same for me. It's interesting. I like it. It's it's so, it's so different because, you know, I, I work full time and, and fishing is more of like a release, but for you, it's it's a job, a real legit thing. Like if you don't catch fish, you can't provide for your family. And, I think right. that just speaks volumes to, to tournament fishing and what you guys have to go through. The only the only way I'm able to do that and to live that way, I mean, I never had money in my entire life. So I've lived just, just one tournament to the next, literally. And the only way I can do that is with God in my heart. I lay it on his, his feet and let him handle it, and I don't have to worry about it. My job is to simply go out there and do the best I can do. My job is performance. How I do in a bass tournament is basically none of my business because I can go out there and perform to my greatest ability and still come in second because I can't control what the other guy does. Or, you know, if this guy blows up his engine and I make mine, I, I make it in, I get the way and he does it and then I win or, or vice versa. There's just too many variables to control. And the only way to do it is to let go, let God handle all that, pray about what you're supposed to do. And then go with what that feeling is. And the Lord told me, you know, that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I will stay here until he takes me away. Whether i am got no money or a bunch of money. It's some days it's ribeyes and some days it's peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great line there. That's a great line. And Roy, on that note, man, and I really appreciate you talking with me here. How... Real quick, can you just tell our listeners how to find you, what social medias you got, what you're at, um, just a way for them to basically follow you after this podcast, listening to you to speak. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Roy Hawk on Facebook. Uh, you can find my personal Facebook there, or you can go, which is sometimes, most of the time it's maxed out. If you, occasionally someone will die or whatever, and you can jump in there, which I don't mind anybody being on my personal one as well. and can see some of the stuff that's going on throughout my life, which I'm real open about. And then Roy Hawk Fishing is the uh, my regular fishing one, and then uh, Fishing Hawk at uh, on Instagram, and Roy Hawk, Roy Hawk One I believe on uh, Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a ton, but but yeah, feel free cool. for everybody to reach out. Awesome, to and I'll leave all those links in the descriptions. Perfect. Yep. I'll put all those links in the descriptions and people can like check you out and look into you. So really, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you taking the time here. Um, there's a few things, questions I didn't hit here, like Lake Baccarat, but I would love to have you on another podcast to talk about that in more detail yeah, no too. and just keep in touch too down the road. Yeah, absolutely, man. Reach out anytime. I appreciate it. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel, on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well.